Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. The Band of Brothers is the men's ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. The we are on right now is Winning at Work and Home. We are being led by Pastor Greg Mott, Jason Swigert, Eric Reed, Ben Pritchett, and several other ministers from the church. We're glad you're joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day. Um, how many of y'all took trips as kids with your family? Y'all like family vacations? How many of y'all were uh, blessed enough to get to take trips in cars with your family? Raise your hand. Keep them up. How many of y'all were blessed as a kid to get to go at least 1,000 miles in a vehicle with your family as a kid? Now, uh, I want to I share a story. I got a picture for my Christmas, my Christmas day, and it's, it, it tells a, a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a beautiful thing, and um, we... We had a wonderful Christmas tradition, and that is that we, we get up bright and early, the beginning of the day, and it, and it used to be that we'd actually try to drive from point A to point B. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I just found out that Jared's from Snellville, Georgia, a Braves fan, I guess. I'm a Braves fan. Forgive us, Astros. Y'all are better than we are now. Uh, we're at the bottom still. We are. But we would drive during the daytime to get there. And it was probably the closest thing to ruining Christmas ever was to have kids in the car. It didn't matter what age they were. I mean, when my daughter was two, she was screaming for nine hours, ten hours. And so my wife and I learned that actually this Christmas, we didn't leave at like six in the morning or seven in the morning. We've learned after eight years of doing this that we did Christmas. We got the kids got up about five thirty or six, so about seven o'clock. We open up our presents. We spend some time together. We then go over to her sister's house for a brunch. We had a, a little breakfast at home, brunch, and then we go to her mom's house for the afternoon. And we end up with a dinner at her mom's house, and we get home about eight thirty at night. At which time, I then look to my wife and I say, "Okay, it's time to pack the van." And so we pack the van. And we load up all the kids, and 9.30, Christmas night, we left. We drove all night long, and we got there at 10.30 in the morning. We got there to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we did Christmas with my parents. Now, my wife had a little bit of sleep. I dozed off for probably five minutes at a clip on the straight sections of the interstate. So, yeah, don't worry about that. But, but, but we do that because there are a couple of questions that we get asked in that trip. And who wants to venture a guess as what the kids ask? Are we there yet? How much further? And it's inevitable that when we, by the time we get to Birmingham, this is when we used to go the old way by actually driving during the daytime. From Birmingham to Chattanooga, which is about a two-hour drive, it was a nonstop every-minute thing so that I would eventually get my iPod, put the earplugs in, and turn it up and tell my wife to deal with the kids because I was getting angry, and I didn't want to tell them to shut up. So, because that's an S word, we try not to use that uh, that word. Fortunately, they don't hear the other word either. Um, but anyhow, so I want to tell y'all that that you don't have to ask are we there yet or how much longer. I want to say that for you guys, congratulations on making 16 weeks. Not that that this is the end of the line. To me, this is the very beginning of. The section of your life where you, I, I hope, have done your 10 key moves. Uh, I've had several of you email them in this week and turn them in last week. And this week, if you have your 10 key moves, 
If you want to bring those up right now, those of you that have them now, go and bring them to me. I'm going to share some of them. I'm not going to read all of your stuff, but if you have it, you can go and bring it. Aaron, don't be shy. There comes Lang. Now, we'll say those of you that did Quest and graduated from Quest, was this easier 10 key moves than a, a manhood plan? Okay, Quest is going on right now on Wednesday nights. It's going to be over at the very beginning of April, uh, at the end of March. And those guys are working on a, uh, you know, a probably five-page, six-page type of deal, examining their whole life and the ins and the outs of it. But I want to say for y'all, as we, as we go here, it's called Launching a Lifelong Winning Streak. And if y'all want to open up your books there and turn there, I want us to pray because I, I think if there's ever been a time in our country that we needed men that were about God's ways more than their own ways, more than their own self-interest, more than greed, more than consumption, more than a lot of those things, it's probably now, today. Um, I don't think you go anywhere in our city that you don't talk about the economy and you don't turn on the news and feel real good about our economy, but then you see globally stuff going on. And, and I think... All of it rolls down in a lot of areas to me to, to human greed in a lot of ways. Uh, and it's, it's painful to watch it, but that's, I think, the product of it, the end result of it, from men that weren't living out God's principles, and we're sort of all in this together. And so I want to pray, and then we're going to review some, and then I'm going to give you some extra sort of steps you can take forward as we go from here. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day, and God, we, we love you. We uh, confess our need for you, God, that apart from you, we can do nothing good. But, God, with you, we can do all things. And, Lord, we know that all things isn't just uh, moving a mountain physically, God. In my life, the, the mountain is me so many times. In my life, uh, the struggle is selfishness. Um, Father, I, I pray right now that you would have your way in my life and these men's life. I thank you for them and their commitment. Uh, their commitment to be here on such a cold day, their commitment to make it for 16 weeks, uh, their commitment to turn in the 10 key moves, to actually think about their life enough and to value your call in their life enough to actually sit down and to say, God, what are the next steps that you want for me? So, Father, bless this time. Uh, speak through your word, the verses that are shared, and, uh, Father, have your way. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to tell you all that in here it begins, it says there are names that, that we have sort of earned. And I will say the very first thing is for you that have made it, not everybody that starts finishes. And that's true in a lot of things. And in America, especially, we're a nation of starters. We just finished up the month of January. And if you think about January, you think about New Year's resolutions and you think about all the things that got started, our, uh, our church attendance. The, the first three weeks of January, if we were to compare those to anywhere in the summertime or anywhere in the fall, it's higher. We had almost 4,000 people just in our Sunday school, not just worship. Worship was busting at the seams, but, but we had probably 500 more people than normal here that first full Sunday back after everyone got back on their vacation. 
And, and I don't think it was by chance that it was probably people saying, hey, we need – it's a new year. We need to start off right. We need to do this right as, as parents or do this right as a couple or do this right as a single adult that, that we want 2009 to be a good year in the Lord. And, and so we start a lot of stuff. Uh, health clubs, I mean, their whole membership is based off of people starting and probably never using the equipment. They start for about a month, and then they're done. Um, some of y'all are in long-term projects. I know Lee, my, my son's taken Taekwondo and, and Lee Stahl is also taking Taekwondo and that is a multi-year deal. And so my hat's off to the discipline and the dedication and those types of things that some of you all are currently going through, whether it's professionally certifications and things like that. But in this arena of your life as a man in Christ, you can say this, that you are a finisher of this course and in this section. And those of you that turned in your 10 key moves last week or this week, or if you haven't yet, man, work on it and send that in. I want you to have a flag stuck down on a hill that says, I can finish what I begin. Because in your marriages, you're going to need to finish in your marriages. And as a dad, you're going to need to finish as a dad. And as an employee or a business owner, we're going to need to finish well, whatever we do. And as men of God who are called of God to bring about the kingdom of God on this earth and share living water with people and to be salt and to be light, we have to be finishers, not just starters, not just committers, but finishers. And so I want to, I want to tell you, I'm proud of each and every one of you. Um, it, it helps me get up when it's cold outside. It helps me get up when I am tired to know that there are going to be men here that are saying, I want to go forward. I want to complete what God has for me. So, so a name that you guys have earned is finisher. And if y'all have earned finisher, then hopefully the, the, the teachers and the presenters over the last 16 weeks have, have also earned a title. And that is, that is of a promise keeper. And if y'all think back over the last, over the last 16 weeks, we made several promises. We made five key promises at the very beginning, and we're going to review four of them right now. And then we're going to come back to the fifth one at the end. And the very first one we said is you'll gain new insights and understandings about yourself, your wife or girlfriend, your children and your work. And those insights, I mean, we, we actually looked at everything from, you know, personalities and love languages and what the needs of a woman are. We looked at the intimacy and what the needs are there. And we learned also how, how a woman keeps score and how a man keeps score. And that, that while I think I might be scoring 10 points in a day for my wife, I, I just got one point, you know. And that I can't get 50 points in a day and then not talk to her for another 49 days and think that that's, I, I just evened it out and everything's good. That every day I've got to be scoring that point, connecting with my wife, serving her, meeting those needs. And we talked about, you know, what, what is the, fem, the female Viagra is, is, is how we serve and how we care for and how we connect with our wives. And we looked at parenting and we looked at a, a roadmap for raising sons and daughters. And, you know, if your kids are out of the house, we know, and, and, and Rick champions this at what he does with Faithful Fathering Initiative of Texas, is that it's never too late to be the dad that God has called you to be. It's never too late. It's never too late. 
And some of y'all maybe know this as sons, you know, that maybe your dad wasn't all that you desired him to be. But if he came to you and he said, you know what? I think I blew it. The divorce with your mom. I, I take responsibility for that. And I wasn't the dad I wanted to be. But I come to you today. I ask your forgiveness. And I just want you to know I care about you. And I'd love to begin to get to know you. To begin to journey with you in life. I don't know about you, but. In my heart, my heart would say, yes, I, I do want to connect. And I'm telling you, your, your sons and your daughters are hungry to know you. And those future sons and daughters as well, you know, if, if you're single or you're married and you're like, I don't know if we can ever have kids, man, file this stuff away on the parenting. And then number two is look for opportunities to utilize that. If you're a godparent or you've got nieces and nephews or cousins you know, or, or you just have friends that you love to hang out with and they happen to have kids. Take on the role of investing in their kids' lives. And my wife and I would tell you that we value our friends that have actually cared enough for our kids to speak encouragement to them, to tell them what they're good at, to correct them. Uh, like, I, I love for them to play with the Muttons' kids because I know that Don and Denise love my kids enough to correct my kids if they're not being respectful to actually encourage them on sharing and on character issues. And I know that, but they also have a great time. And so having friends like that, even if you don't have kids, you can invest in that way. Um, and then lastly, with work, we looked at the seven key motivations of work. And we, we looked at how work is not just a, man, I got to do it. And it's a have to do. It's a call of God. It's a call of God. And that we somehow are to be salt and light in that. It's not just enough to labor for Mr. Big because we're laboring for Christ and for his kingdom. And so we've, we've seen a lot. We've heard a lot. And, and I think you would agree that that promise has been delivered in your life, that you have gotten some insights into your life and maybe into your marriage, maybe into your dating relationships, into your work. And it's up to you in a good, strong company of men to implement those, those key moves. Uh, next one, we, we promised you would make new friendships and deepen old ones through your small group. And one of the coolest things has been after the teaching is done, after Greg sits down or I sit down or Leisha sat down, I felt like that was the time that the most stuff actually happened. And that was, I heard a buzz in the room and I heard men talking to other men about real stuff in their life. And, and yeah, we can, we can talk with just about any man about sports and about the Super Bowl coming up and about the economy and about politics. And all those things are, are great because that's part of the world we live in. And that's part of the world that, you know, we engage other people in, but but it's not every man that you can actually sit down and discuss with them some of the things that you all have talked about at your table. And so some of you came as a small group already, and I, and I, I believe you probably have deepened your friendships. And some of you, maybe this is the first time you've ever been at something like this, and, and you discover that there are some men at the table that you connected with. And I just want to say that, to me, that's one of the most important things, that life is a team sport. It's not meant to be solo. You know, the Lone Ranger had Tonto, and, and we have got to have brothers in Christ that come along with us. Then when we engage properly, they should celebrate in our life for the things that are go, that's going well. 
Uh, the next one is you will receive a lifetime game plan for raising healthy sons and daughter. If you're a dad right now, man, I would urge you to go back. It's right in the middle section there. Go back and look over and pray over that game plan and review it frequently. And you might just type it up, print it out real small on an index card and put it on the dashboard of your car or on your monitor of your computer so that you can keep in your mind, this is a stage of life I'm in with my kid. This is the key priority of what I need to be speaking into their life. And this is what they need from dad. Because it's real easy to get really busy with work and really busy with extracurriculars and everything else. And to be intentional and actually invest is huge. And, and for us, I want to I share two, two things that if, if you feel like, hey, I want to go further in that area. The, the first is Raising a Modern Day Night. It's a book that Robert Lewis wrote. He actually has a video curriculum. As a small group of men, you guys could actually get that and go through that together. Um, there is at Camp Choye. I don't know if you mentioned this, Rick. Okay, in August, and, and we'll, we'll have that website available for you all, but in August, there is a father-son, father-daughter retreat built around this curriculum here. And it's at Camp Choye. It's an hour drive from here. It's an affordable, wonderful opportunity. I know some of you all put that you wanted to take your son to Christ and the Tetons, um, which you know, a couple of y'all wrote that down in your key moves. And I was like, man, that would be awesome. If you're not there financially yet, or you're not there on your time yet, well, this would be a great, a great initial step would be something like uh, going to Choye or, or taking into this. If you're, if you feel like, Hey, I want to grow as far as uh, just learning to communicate as a man to the people that I care the most about learning to listen and not just talk, learning to actually engage that, and I know you heard the promo for this. I didn't know Rick was going to be here today for sure, but there will be scriptural insights, practical application, a familiar format. We're going to meet around tables. You'll engage the men with you, but it's more of a boot camp experience in that you will have homework that you work on, and there will be some verses that you memorize. And, and a lot of the, I hear feedback sometimes is like, man, we need more, you know, we need a little bit more deeper study. Sometimes we're, we're men and we need to get more in the word. Well, this, this will provide some of that very much focused study in that arena of communication. Um, that is a picture of, of Rick and his son from how many years ago, three years, five years ago from, yeah, time flies. <laughs> That's great. My, my assistant, Kristen Barrios, if you want to, to say, Hey, I'd love to take that class coming up. There is a small fee for the book. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much. It'll probably 10 to $15, somewhere in there, but that's the only cost for it. Um, want to go on. The, the next one is that the next promise was you will have the opportunity to craft 10 key moves for becoming more competent and satisfied with your life at work and at home. And I wanted to say to y'all, as, as last week, as they started to trickle in, and then as the week came on, more and more people emailed in. Some of you scanned your, uh, your sheet that you tore out of your book. You scanned it and emailed me the PDF. But as I started getting those and as I picked up the rest of these now, I haven't, I haven't read the stack that I got now. But I just want to say, well done, well written, thought about. I was, I was telling Lee, I said, man, I, I said, as I, I got to his key moves. I'm not going to read all those out loud, but he put a ton of effort and thought into it. 
a ton. It wasn't just a statement. It was why that statement was important for him, how that would look lived out, what that would look like down the road for him. Other guys put a timetable down. They sort of ranked him in order of priority, and they actually put down this currently today. I want to start this. A month from now, I need to do this. This summer, I want to take a family vacation and take my kids here. And and they had ranked them out, and they'd sort of put a timeline. And others, they, they just stated very specifically, these are the things that I really need to focus on, that I need to learn, that I need to work on. And I just want to say that's huge. It's huge to take the step of writing it down, to think about it enough, to pray about it enough. And now my encouragement to y'all is that we walk that out and we live that out. And we're going to talk about some strategies for us to do that in just a minute. And I want to I want to say in here, imagine just for a minute that if if we were to meet, you know, just just one of these tables, if we were to meet somewhere like an IHOP and to get together and y'all brought your 10 key moves and y'all were sharing it with each other and y'all stood up and you left them on the table and you headed out and a group of ladies came afterwards and they sat down at that table and they picked these up. And they started reading through some of these. And these aren't all of these, but these are some of the ones that got turned in. Just to develop and a hold to a budget as a means of assisting in removing debt. And then as a means of developing security. To accept that my work matters to God and to develop a purpose-driven motivation for my work. Accept that work is a mission field, that my work is a calling from God. And I don't know about y'all, but I hear this theme a lot from a lot of men is that whole struggle with, man, I just don't see where God connects with my work, and it's really hard. And to have that as a key move, to pray for my future girlfriend and wife, to write notes to my future girlfriend and wife, to be passive on passivity. And uh, he put it, says, never-ending battle, and that's why it's number 11. And uh, the guy put it down, it says, 11th key move. Uh, to initiate winning strategy for closeness by dialoguing daily, dating weekly, departing monthly with my wife. To speak my wife's love language. To utilize the conflict cycle to resolve our conflict instead of just trying to win. To get regular one-on-one time with each of my kids. To ask for feedback, honest feedback. To pray together in bed with my wife and to apologize quickly. To be a part of a small group. To make sure to focus on the four needs and to facilitate the three Ds. To face conflict by first discussing it and then forgiving, which will lead to our growth. To set aside a fireproof box, which contains everything needed if something ever happened to me, along with a love letter. To keep and to to start to keep a daily quiet time with God taking every opportunity to positively influence others and pray that he will let his light shine through me to become more of an initiator, to become more courageous by taking bold steps forward. This would look like asking the woman out that I'm incredibly nervous to ask out or tackling a project at work that would stretch me a little more than I'm used to to date weekly dialogue daily depart monthly with my wife to seek to grow together instead of apart through our conflict to treat my work as a calling of God, to over-deliver at work and at home. 
to take time to talk with my kids one-on-one, to initiate peace and forgiveness quickly, to speak my wife's love language often, to have a vision for our children and the family, and to help get them there, to pay off our debt so that we can give more, to make a will, to learn to use the new large format view camera, to formulate a 10-year business plan, to hire a website developer and execute the web strategy, to take a mission trip, to plan a date once a month. This event may involve other people, but I must ask a woman to be my guest. To better meet my wife's love language, acts of service, help her more with the kids, bring her breakfast when she's still in bed on a Saturday, to spend time communicating with my wife at the end of each day, to show my wife more affection by leaving her notes, taking her shopping, praising her in front of the kids, and dating her weekly. Better conflict resolution, no longer fleeing and running away and withdrawing and letting the problem fester, but engaging, communicating, and forgiving. Once a year, have a great Christian adventure with my sons, to begin a daily devotion with my sons, having a firm parental coalition with my wife. I mean, I can go on and on and read through these. But what do you think a woman would think that just sat down at that table and picked up some of that and began to read through those? I'll tell you, they would say, that's a man that I would want to be with. That's a man that's going somewhere, that has a plan to go somewhere, that isn't just sort of sitting through life and coasting through life and blaming other people for life. This guy's not a victim. This guy's an initiator that's going through. And I want to encourage y'all that as you have that plan and you've made that plan and you begin to live that plan out, I think part of what's going to happen is that the women in your life, meaning your wife is going to be blessed deeply. If you're a single adult, you know, you are going to probably manifest some qualities that are going to be very attractive to a lady that is probably sick of just sort of the average guy that seems to be getting by. And they're going to see a pursuit of excellence in a lot of areas of life. And I think that's a huge, huge deal. I want to share with y'all, there is a, uh, there is a, a thing coming up. It's called Fulcrum. And one of our ministers on staff, his name is Steve Knox. Some of y'all had, had listed, they wanted to take uh, the test, the temperament test, the uh, strength finders test, Myers-Briggs test, things to discover more about themselves. And if y'all are in that boat, and I know some of you have talked to me about that, Steve Knox is certified and Fulcrum is a leadership sort of development and self-identification and awareness training program. And it's it uses uh, the Clifton Strength Finder 2.0, which is from the Gallup Institute. That's one of the things that Robert Lewis had recommended. It also utilizes the Myers-Briggs. It takes both of those tests. And I, I did this when Steve first came here, and it was very helpful for me and revealing to me. It's only $65, which seems like a lot at first, but it's, it includes lunch. It includes both of the tests, and it includes personalized instruction on basically how to guide yourself based off of the scoring on your tests. If that's on your key moves to discover more in this area, I'm like, bang for your buck. It's probably the best thing you could do. And it's going to be here in March. 
Steve is a great communicator. If you don't know him, he's our college catalyst. He does our college ministry. He uh, does this. He does this for Rice University for their seniors, and he gets paid well to do it. And so what he's doing here is is a great to me. It's a great deal. So March seventh from nine to noon, and I tried to find something on the web about it. Uh, all I had was an email because he's inviting individuals, but he also told me that if anyone from here wanted to go, that they could come. Um, so here we go. Three additional key moves to help you. And these are three more that I would say I would add to your 10, add these. And I, I say, Adam, I think they're going to help you accomplish your 10 if you do them. And if you think about in your life, think about the word of God. And we, we say things like that the word of God is true, that the word of God is, is, is living and it's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it divides down into the separation of our joints and our marrow. And we're like, wow, that's you know, the word of God. We, we, we say that. And yet the reality is there have been times in my life that I've seen it to be true. Times of temptation that the word of God that I'd memorized came into my head in an audible voice that wasn't my own. And it called me out of the direction I was headed and into the path of righteousness. I want to encourage y'all that there are promises in the word of God about the word of God. And the very first thing is to memorize three scriptures that summarize our year. But I want to give you the, the promise out of Psalm 1 verses 2 and 3. It says that if, if we meditate on the word of God, if we walk in the ways of the word of God, it says that, that we would be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. And I highlighted in whatever he does, he prospers. There's a, he wins. He wins. The word of God facilitates winning. And I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. And I'm not talking about the, the best pay raise. Or I'm talking about at life, that life will come out full. And we'll talk about the key to all of that. But scripture memory and scripture meditation begins to change us. Because I don't know about you, but my natural reaction is usually not the best reaction I should have. But a God-informed reaction is the reaction I need to have. And God's word can shape our mind to change our thoughts and our perceptions about the things around us so that we actually don't react in life, but we actually manifest Christ-likeness in life. And so I want to give you three scriptures that I think are worth memorizing. Each one is from a different area. The first one is from the, the section on women that we had, how we, how we engage the women in our life. Uh, the second one is how we engage the children in our life. And the third is how we engage the work that we lay our hands to that God has called us to. So the first one is from 1 Peter 3, 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. We talked about being a student of your wife to learn about her, her love language, her needs, her preferences, her personality. All of those things. Well, God is calling us to live with our wives that way, in an understanding way, as with someone weaker since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. To show her honor. 
honor in making decisions, honor in the finances, honor in the raising of the kids, not just passing all of those things off, but we honor her when we come alongside of her and lead her, but also honoring her in the bedroom. Not just demanding our way, but to honor and to serve. And those things there, it says that our prayers would not be hindered. When we don't honor the cherished gift of God in our life, I don't think he seeks to bless us more and more and more. And so in this, I think it's huge for us to know in 1 Peter 3, 7, that he calls us to live in an understanding way with our wife. And the second verse here is train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't say simply play with. Sit passively by the side of or anything else. It says to train up. There's an intention that's there. There is an end goal in mind. You can't be a, if you're a personal trainer. It, it doesn't work. Just to sit there, you have to help the person get the goals that they have and then actually accomplish the goals that are there. And for our kids, our kids are dying in our country from a lack of vision and a lack of investment. And by investment, I don't mean stuff. They got a lot of stuff. Vision and investment. And my son is hungry and I've got to step up in this area. My son is hungry for this. I see it in his eyes, and my daughters are desperate as well. And finding that balance between work and home and how to win it both is huge. And I think this verse, it says in the way that he should go or she should go, that every kid is unique and that I'm finding out very painfully that what worked for my oldest child is not going to work real well for number three, that they got totally different personalities. And I'm actually aggravating number three when number one used to love what I, how I treated her and how I disciplined her and all that. They're different, and I've got to be flexible. And that only comes through, I think, God's gifting through his spirit and spending intentional time with my wife talking about the kids and, and how we can do that. The, the third promise here that we should, we should meditate on and memorize is dealing with work. Whatever you do, I mean, I don't care where you are in your career, whether it's, you know, you're, you're at the bottom or you're at the top or anywhere in between or you're trying to land somewhere safely right now in our economy, whatever you do, do your work heartily. That means all you got to be the best you can be. You're not working for Mr. Big. You're not, you're, you're not, it's not the guy in the corner office. This says this, it's as for the Lord rather than for men. And to have that motivation, and I heard probably uh, of the ones I read, probably 80% had something about work and working for God rather than men. There's a sense of frustration, and they're wanting it to be more. And then, then lastly, it is the Lord Christ whom you and I serve. I don't serve Greg Mott. I don't serve Jason Swigert. I don't serve Ben Pritchett, although all three of those guys I report to, all three of them, they're my boss on earth. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I serve Christ. And just because I work at a church, it doesn't make that true. It's true because it says whatever I do and whatever you do. And so 
to memorize that, that there are days in the office you're going to need to meditate on it, keep it, to know that if you can live that out, you will have a very good name for yourself at your work. And we talked about why was that important? It was because that is your witness. That's the open door opportunity for you to share and have authority to share what Christ has done in your life. So those three things are huge. B is decide which of your key moves you should implement first and then start this week or start today. Some of you, uh, there was a guy on Sunday night as he was turning in his stuff and I didn't bring theirs here, but he said, well, hey, I know I, I wrote it down, but I've already done it. Should I just leave it or should I erase it? I was like, man, leave it, leave it. You've already knocked one out. And for his, the, one of the things for him was to get feedback from three key people in his life, sort of a, an evaluation of that. And he sort of typed up an evaluation and gave it to people and had them do it. They already evaluated him and he's going through that. And he's painfully and also encouragingly seeing who he really is, according to a coworker that he works with, his wife and a close friend. And he's got that. And that took a lot of courage, a ton of courage. And so for, for us to, to prioritize them, there's no way to do any of it. But if we did half of what is on the sheet, half, we would see massive change and transformation in any of our lives and our families. Just half. So prioritize them and, and actually start this week. And I, I think part of that is also going to tie into C here. Is partner with another man or men for accountability in implementing your key moves. There's really two blessings in this. And we've already said that life isn't a, an individual sport. It's a team sport. When someone holds you accountable for something, when they ask you, hey, did you get that date night with your wife planned? And you said, yeah, I did. It was, how was it? It was great. They're happy for you. They're excited for you. They're praying for you. They're encouraging you. When they ask you about work, if you actually have begun to get to work a little bit early and to work a little bit more passionately to actually over deliver, not just get by. And you said, yes, I've made that change. They're encouraging you. They're cheering you on. And in Quest for Authentic Manhood, we talked about that we all need sort of yell leaders in our life. People that would people that would cheer us on and celebrate the victories in our life. Well, this is that group of men that you could do that. It might just be one man, but at your table is a good first spot to say, hey, you're going to get to share these with one another. It would be ideal that y'all follow up with each other in this and to have a plan to get someone to follow up with you. And so with those three things, I think you're positioned well to accomplish the 10 key moves. And that is by memorizing those verses, by prioritizing and beginning as quickly as you can, living them out, and then getting accountability around you. And now I want to go to that fifth promise that we made. And it's the key to all of it. And before we look at it, um, there's a verse that, that Christ gives us. So he, he says that you would understand life's paradox principle and have opportunities to practice it. If you remember, we said, if you want to summarize it in one statement, it's this, it's die to live. That that is the paradox principle. It's die to live. Number two is it sounds absurd, but it really is true. 
that in the flesh, it makes no sense. What do you mean die to live? What do you mean I, I can't just go after what I want and forget everybody else and everything else? Isn't that the key to my happiness is getting what I want all the time? Well, that's what a two-year-old says. That's why they scream. But that's also why a two-year-old never finds contentment. But for us, we can go beyond that. It's life's greatest success principle. We're getting ready to unpack why that is. Number four, it's the key to winning at work and at home and in everything else in life. And then five is it is pictured in a cross. And before we look at that cross, and this is in your notes from earlier in greater detail, but I would write it all in again as we go through this and review. I want us to go back to the verse that is really where all this comes from, and it's in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. And in Luke chapter 9, it says, And he said to all, and that's, that's Christ, If anyone, that's any one of us, would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. To take up his cross daily. That was Christ's call to anyone that wants to follow after him. Ironically, in Rome, that was something that was always forced upon people. If you remember, if you read in, in the book of Luke, when Jesus is making his trek to the to the mountain that he's, you know, Golgotha, that he's going to be crucified on and he's carrying his cross, he gets to the point where he can't carry it anymore, right? And the guards grab a guy, Joseph, right? And what do they do to him? You carry that man's cross, and they force him to do it. The cross was never a voluntary deal. It was always forced on people. It was never about life. It was the greatest symbol of death of its day and time. And yet when we look at it, we put it up in a baptistry. We probably have it on our Bible. When we see it as a believer, it means life to us. It means victory over death because of the whole paradox. And so for us, as we get ready to move through this, is the dividing line between adolescence and adulthood is this. In adolescence, people push the cross on you, and they say, well, you can't get your way. You can't have everything you want. And we cry about it, and we get angry about it, and we rebel about it, and we get defiant about it. But in adulthood, we take up our cross willfully. We take it up in the honor of God, and we say, you know what? I may be tired tonight when I come home from work, but when I come home from work, I am going to engage my wife and I will engage my kids. And maybe at work I'm bitter and angry at the guy on my team and I might sabotage him and in return maybe sabotage the whole team because I'm bitter and frustrated. But in taking up the cross, I actually engage and actually work and actually speak the truth of what would actually help this person finish out what they need to finish out. Or for me, when I have to walk down the hall to apologize to my wife after I've blown it. Or like last night, she told me I disciplined our third born. And she basically told me, you know, let me just tell you what I heard. And then you tell me if that's what you meant to say. And, and she basically said, you didn't speak any hope to your daughter. You just told her that she's always going to be doing this the wrong way. 
And she said, is, is that, is that what you want to communicate to your daughter? And my cross at that point is I can defend myself and say, you know, submit woman. And then I get smacked down. Right. Or I can actually take up the cross and say, you know what? You're, you're right. And thank you for showing me and telling me and ask my two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, almost three-year-old daughter to forgive daddy for his attitude and his words. And those things hurt at the time. They pierce you at the time. But I'm telling you, it is the key to life. The paradox principle is to take up that cross that if I can lose my life in Christ, I'm going to gain his life in me. And I think that's what I'd rather have is because I've seen what my life can produce. His life produced the cosmos and the universe. My life hadn't produced a whole lot. I'd rather his life be unleashed in mine. I want to go through quickly. We said that we, we began with awareness, vision, strategy, and execution around the horn here are those four. And that at each station, these four stations a question is going to be asked and an answer is going to be given. And under awareness, the question is, do I get it? And whether you're a new dad or a new husband or you're new in job or you, you just got a new responsibility that's been placed upon you, the, the popular answer for men is to say, oh, yeah, I got it figured out. I got it. I know it. I'm fine. The real answer, the truth is, no, not really. And here's why. I've never lived tomorrow. I am not set free from time. I can be married 12 years or 20 years or 40 years. And I could look at someone that's a newlywed and think I got a whole lot more going for me than they got going for them. They don't even have a clue about life. They don't have a clue about marriage. Just wait till they have kids or two kids or three kids or four kids. You, could, you can do that all day long, but here's the deal. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I absolutely don't know what tomorrow holds. And if I really think that I got it figured out and that I'm, I'm wise and I'm just going to, okay, I got it, so I'm just going to go for it. And don't realize that God is outside of time and he sees my tomorrow and he knows the circumstances that are there and he knows his resources that are available to me that he's poured out I better be coming to him. And that brings us to this idea of vision. Jesus says, deny yourself. Deny that, that instinct inside that says, I know right and I got it figured out and I don't need help. And it brings us to this idea of vision, which is, can I see it? Can I really understand and visualize what needs to be happening in my life? And I would say this, that vision comes in one of two ways. It either comes through pain or it comes through humility. And I've experienced it in pain, unfortunately, a lot. But I have also begun to learn that I can receive, I can receive vision from God by being humble and coming to him and being receptive to him and his word. And in this, that he's the one that holds the keys. And the truth is, without humility... Without humility, I can never, ever see life as he intends it to be. 
So Jesus says this, take up your cross, humble yourself, and take up the implement of death and carry it. Don't be too proud to carry that cross. And once we are on that way, then we need to have a strategy. So we see who we could be. Now, do I know how to implement that? Really? Do I know what I need to do now? And our strategy is, is pretty bare bones. <laughs> is without learning, and I would say this, without following, I don't. Christ's strategy was always follow the leader. His strategy was always follow me. Christ said, hey, I listen to the Father and the things that he tells me to do, I do. I submit myself to him. I don't think I'm outside of that. I'm not Christ. If that's how he engaged the Father while he was on earth, then man, certainly I need to be about that. Luke 9, 23, Jesus calls it out. Follow me. And it all boils down to one simple question, and that is, do I believe that God's plan for me is better than my own plan for me? Do I really believe that? Do I trust that? Do you trust that? If we say yes, then we're going to follow him to the ends of the earth, right? If I believe that he's got even more in store for me than I could ever dream, I'm going to follow him. If I doubt that, my life will prove it because I will not follow him. And unfortunately, I stand before you as someone that I've got both testimonies going on in my life right now. There are some areas that I have deeply trusted God in, and there are some areas that I sometimes pull back from. And maybe you feel that way in your marriage sometimes, or maybe you feel that way at work or in a moral area. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that trusting Christ, pouring ourselves into this, allows us ultimately to come to the spot of execution, which isn't just implementation. It is, will I get it done? And, and the answer to that, which is the paradox principle, is not without dying some to self. And I wish the answer was, yeah, you'll get it done with a lot of hard work, some elbow grease. You'll get it. You can do it. You got the strategy. You got vision. You're aware now. And now you're on your own, and now you can simply just do it on your own, and it will be very intuitive for you. But it's not that way, and it's still not the way in my life. It is still, as we said earlier, those things that you have to die to of confession and forgiveness and implementation and all of those things. But the good news is this, that on the other side of it, it says, whoever loses his life will save it. And the life that will be saved is found in John 10, 10. Christ said, I have come that they may have life and have it what? Abundantly. As we walk through the cross of Christ, we walk not into death. We experience a shadow of death, but we walk into a fullness of life, an abundance of life. Or as we said at the very beginning of it, in our life, we're going to measure our life in two realms, right? Two mirrors, work and home. And we're going to stand before him and say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I doing any good at all? And if at any one of those we hear back, not really. It doesn't matter what the other mirror screams out. 
we know at that point we're not winning in life. We're frustrated. We're like, man, I can't win for losing. I've told my wife that so many times. I tell her, I'm like, I can't win for losing. Because I feel like right when I feel like things in ministry or when I was teaching and coaching or when I was traveling with Joe Picks and Blue Sky Ministries, when I was doing those things, that when that went well, home didn't go well. When I focused on home, work didn't go well. And I couldn't balance those out. And I'm seeking to do that right now. And I'm learning. I'm learning. Paradox principle. I'm having to practice it. And so in this, as we walk through, if y'all can picture the cross of Christ and that from that, that cross reaches out and across into the two realms of home and work. And we call ourselves here at this church that we want to be a relevant biblical community, right? The gospel is relevant at work. It is relevant at home. It reaches into both of them. Scripture teaches us on both of them. So it's biblical in both of them. And as we travel with the men at your table or in your Bible study class or in your men's accountability group, as you travel, you are a community. And that we begin to manifest the supernatural life of Christ as opposed to our frustration of our flesh. So that when we look in the mirror and we say, am I doing any good at all? When we ask that, it says back, it says, you know, Rich, you're doing great. You're winning. And Lang and Wes, you're winning. You're winning, David. When you crucify, you live and you're winning. And you're winning Lee and, and John Paul and you guys that have turned it in. That Christ speaks that over you. There is him delighting in our life. Our life becomes worship to him. Which is worth-ship. It's bestowing worth upon Christ by finding him worthy of serving. It's humility. It's the whole awareness, vision, strategy, and execution of the cross. And all of that together. And so for us, a lifelong winning streak is what we want to see launched from here. And it will happen if we implement successfully those 10 key moves. And as someone said, they're, they're going back through their quest stuff and tweaking that a little bit more. Ongoing evaluation, ongoing strategy, ongoing humility, ongoing prayerfulness, that these things will lead us forward. So I want to thank you all for, for this year, the 16 weeks that we've been through, and tell you that it's a, it's a privilege and it's an honor to, to be with you each week. I don't teach every week. I'd probably die if I did um, from lack of sleep and all that other fun stuff. But I want to, I want to thank if you have been a part of uh, greeting, getting here early, if you would stand up, and I want us to, to thank you all, the people that have come in early. I know certain tables have come in. Stand up if you would. I know Lang Motes has helped run this. I don't think Aaron's here today. Jason Farrell, if y'all would stand up so we can. I know you don't do it for that, but I just want to say thank y'all for coming in. And uh, Lang spends a lot of time for, for no pay at all to architect and work on emailing you guys and being sure that, that the tables are right. They have an opportunity to to 
be exposed and be taught and be engaged to the men around you. And he's got a huge heart for that. And, and the men that have volunteered the same exact deal. Um, I want to encourage y'all that next week, if you want to grow in communication, honestly, the next six weeks are going to be really, really challenging for me and, and practical. And, uh, and Rick, you know, is, is bringing a very rich material to us scripturally and everything else. What I'd like for us to do around the tables today, there are no questions. You might have noticed that. Um, I want to remind you is finish your 10 key moves and send those into me or bring them by my office. That is your ticket for graduation. And you may say, well, I don't need to graduate. I'm like, you're absolutely right. You don't, but it would be really cool for you to be able to be a finisher, to be able to market, to say, you know what? I finished what I began. And that's a great habit to be in as men. And so that, that alone is great. But the benefit that you'll get from having an action plan is the real reason to do it is the takeaway that someone could encourage you and hold you accountable for. And then to remember that February the 15th, which is two weeks after this Sunday, we're going to have a a little graduation ceremony. Um, It's going to be up in room 364. So if you all want to mark that down, if you've turned in your 10 key moves, you will get an invitation to that. Um, we'll We'll have a sort of a memento or a token for you to take with you. Uh, as a reminder of the class and hopefully some of the things that you have learned in that. And then uh, lastly, I want to say around your table, I would like you all to share uh, some of the learnings that you've had, some of the 10 key moves and spend some time praying with each other, committing those things to him. And to also discuss if you want to continue meeting as a smaller group of guys to encourage each other, hold each other accountable on our website, hfbcmen.com, we have a, a list of uh, structures you can follow and questions you can ask and some, some things that can help your small group get started in that area. And there's a lot of great material as well. And so I want to close this in prayer and then let you all be at the tables. And Father God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for your love. And uh, Father, that, that your love is ultimately the thing that holds us and keeps us. God, I thank you for your holiness Uh, That if you were just a human, if you were fallen and frail and bound in time, uh, Father, you'd be of no uh, help and you'd be of no value. um, Because God, flesh can't save flesh. Uh, Your spirit has saved us. So, Father, thank you for salvation. I pray for these men that you would bless them and keep them. Father, that your spirit would empower them to honor you in all that they do, that they would be salt and light. That the 10 key moves that you've given them, they would see them fulfilled in their life. And God, that they would drop 10 more and they would see those fulfilled. And God, they would find themselves on a journey that drew them closer and closer to you and your perfect will for them. Um, Father, uh, be with those that are not with us, whether through uh, sickness or travel or, uh, or God, or um, just literally not, not connecting here. And uh, God, I pray for those men that they would find a stirring in their hearts to draw close to you as well. Help us to reach out to the men around us at this church to uh, share what we have learned and uh, God ultimately to be salt and light where we work and where we live. And it's in Christ's name that we pray.